0: Welcome, everybody, to Funeral Nation episode 248. That's Jeff, the Funeral Commander Harbison. I'm Ryan Thogmartin. We are on the road again. Well, Jeff is on the road again being busy, which means that there's going to be spotty internet, so we're going to try to get this in. And there's the spotty internet. So as Jeff usually says, the rocket fuel that propels the Funeral Nation show is CNJ Financial. Let's roll their promo.
1: We may be the largest insurance assignment company in the funeral profession, but that doesn't mean we've lost touch with our roots. Here in Rainbow City, Alabama, our priorities still come down to a welcoming smile and a handshake that says we keep our promises. With all the tools and technologies that assure blazing fast turnaround, what really matters is much more old school. Personal responsibility, integrity, relationships, and the pride that comes from hearing yet another client say, you came through for us, when it mattered. C&J eliminates the challenges that funeral homes have in processing insurance death claims. If cash flow is vital to your business,
2: welcome home.
0: Okay, Jeff, you're back. We just did C&J Financial. What do you got to say? Hey, man, uh, real quickly, a little bit of news
1: going on out here. Um, I saw some chatter today on the internet, one of the groups that are uh, upset. It seems like baseball's doing another surcharge on top. So uh, some issues going on there. You had a uh, great uh, post about legacy out of Colorado getting into some stinky, which yeah. they seem to be all the time. But uh, most importantly today, we've got uh, Tom on
0: Anderson, so let's just go ahead and roll him, uh, his interview. Well, awesome. We are, our guest today is Tom Anderson with Funeral Director Daily. Uh, Tom is our, our resident, let's say, what, what are we analyst. going to call him? You? Analyst. You're, yeah. you're our resident <laughs> analyst for uh, Funeral Nation, and you basically are studying uh, the publicly traded companies in the space, and so Q1 has ended. Why don't you give us a rundown um, of what you saw for Q1?
2: I will. I'm happy to do that. Well, and, uh, good to see you guys again, Ryan and Jeff. Nice to see you. Nice to get back on. Um, you know, it's interesting, uh, public companies in the death care space and, you know, five of those public companies are consumer, at least part of it is consumer funeral oriented, you know, um, uh, four of them majority do that. And of course, security national, uh, parent company of, uh, of Jeff there, his bosses bosses. They, they have some funeral homes and do some other things. But um, quite frankly, all five of those companies had good quarters and good years when it came to the mortuary operations, which was, a, was no surprise to anybody because they've had 2021 was a COVID year again and death rates were slightly up and they all made use of that and had higher volume. Um, I would say since the beginning of the year, they're now with some cash available and, uh, with some operations experience on what's going on. Every one of those is hunting. Every one of those companies is hunting for acquisitions and interesting to watch. They're, they're hunting for acquisitions that fit mm-hmm. by that. I'd say out in stone, they're looking at Stonemore, they're looking for acquisitions on the Eastern part of the United States at security national. They're looking for acquisitions on the Western part of the States. Uh, Carriage, Park Lawn, and SCI are looking for um, acquisitions that fit them in the proper size category in all of North America. And oddly enough, not a public company, a private company, but foundation partners, I would argue that they're looking for the fit of high cremation businesses to purchase. They like those. Um, The good business the companies have done have led to them having a lot of cash flow. So either they've got a lot of cash they can use for acquisitions. FCI is also returning shareholder value by buying back stock. so there's less stock out there. or they can use capital improvements. But the, the, the name of the game is they all have cash available to do the acquisition, hunting or other things right now. Uh, matter of fact, all those companies look pretty smart because in 2020 or 2021, most of them refinanced higher price debt. And now with uh, interest rates moving up, they've, they've looked pretty smart because they're able to save some money on that. They don't need to get the debt. Um, if there's something that could be a little fly in the ointment, or if you wanna call it the canary in the coal mine, we had the country of Great Britain report after the first quarter that their death rate has dropped first quarter 2022 compared to the first quarter of 2019, or which was a non-COVID year. And they're seeing that drop, even though they had about 15,000 COVID deaths in this first quarter. So some of this pull forward effect may be happening. Um, Matter of fact, Tom Ryan, the SCI, I quoted him because I don't wanna get it wrong here. Uh, The SCI CEO said in their earnings call in February, and I quote, as the year goes on, we would anticipate that the COVID impact becomes immaterial and that we should begin to see the pull forward impact from 20 and 21 having a mildly negative effect on funeral volumes and at-need cemetery revenue, thereby making quarterly comparisons increasingly difficult. So I think he wanted to let his stockholders know that you know, we're coming up against those COVID numbers. Uh, one of the things I found is with inflation our industry has a little bit of a catch-22 right now we've got salaried employees who probably deserve a raise with inflation uh, however in the funeral industry if we give those raises and our costs go up may that cause consumer families who are feeling the inflation inflation to then go to less price services which we have available such as cremation or direct cremation so i think funeral home uh owners have to really watch that. And when you think about it, the funeral industry is a little bit different. Uh, I think that a lot of consumers might opt for cremation instead of traditional funerals, not really knowing that there's a lesser quality to the uh, end game that they're getting for that lower price. It's, it's you know, if, you, if you're living in a beautiful home and want a lower price and move into a trailer, you can actually see the quality difference. Or if you have a Lexus and wanna buy a Yugo to save money, you can see the quality difference. Or if you go to McDonald's instead of the Capital Grill, you can see the difference, or I'm not so sure, I'm a little worried that new direct cremation consumers will not see the quality difference from when they had traditional funerals. Mm -hmm. And they'll pay less, but will they they be happy afterwards? That's the question. so I guess that's my first quarter report. I'm willing to take any questions on on any of it or answer anything else you guys have to say. Well, we
0: love it. And appreciate that that synopsis for us. So, talking about the forward deaths. Um, so, are you are you thinking the companies are, are projecting that you know we we have talked with you in the past that maybe the death rate is increasing? This is the baby boomer, the start of kind of that baby boomer tipping point that that we've talked about in the profession since really. 2008 or nine, um, that never really happened. So is, is that still not the case? Do we not think that the death rate is increasing with that, that generation?
2: I think very much, Ryan, that the death rate could be increasing and more than likely is because the projections are right. I think we don't know exactly when, you know, medical science and COVID deaths, where that's taking place. Um, SCI CEO, In comparison to the other public company CEO was very forward about saying we think we're going to have less deaths and I think that's that's interesting
0: yeah that is interesting
1: well it's uh it's also something too Tom to look at as a business owner only three ways to make more money (laughs) raise prices cut costs or do more business so we know that we may have less business so the consideration of charging more and watching your overhead expenses should have a nexus. However, I'll go back to your question about lower cost services. You know, you could do everything in the world exactly the same for a great cremation service, casket included. And I think we need to get out of uh, just saying somebody wants direct to do a better job to explain what's available. Um, Cost more than direct but significantly less because we don't have the uh, cemetery and all the other things there.
0: We got to change our mindset around that consumer and have a deeper conversation with them to really find out the wants and needs of that consumer. Um, I, I so. agree.
2: I agree. And I think what ends up happening is I, I think we as funeral directors, you know, no, we're going to give great service. We're going to give great service. I just don't know if the consumer when they go in and they say, you know, we can do it this way and save a little money, I worry that their expectations are still higher, and then they, they don't get what they thought for. You know, interesting thing about a having a cremation and even going to a church, but not having the funeral home run the service. I've been told of services where the family went up to the pastor and said, "Hey, where's all the flower stands? Our flowers are just sitting on the floor." They said, well, the funeral director normally sets them up and you don't have a funeral director here. Yeah. So, so there are some things that we have to educate them on,
0: you know, and that it's, it's tough. And I've been on that side of the table, uh, and my family doing an arrangement with, um, some others in my family where cost became the, the, a sticky point with the person paying and the funeral director did a great job. And he said, cool, let's go through here and let's see what you don't need. Yep. Tell you what, do you, do you want to use my my hearse to to transport your wife to the to the church? Oh, you do. Okay, we'll keep that in there. Do you need my guys at the at the church to open the doors and do the flower stand setup? No, the church can do that. And then my my father sitting there who works at church is like, we don't have the people that that can do all that. So you know, I think when the funeral director started breaking it down that way, it was like it made sense of okay. And I think that that's where funeral homes dropped the ball. They, they agree. not okay. explaining. Um, I had a conversation with a funeral director, and I said, when a, when a family says we just want direct cremation and we'll plan it all, or, or we'll plan the memorial service ourselves," I said, what do you do to help them plan? He's like, what do you mean? Why would I help them for no money? I said, why don't you give them a document of, here's everything that we would take into consideration planning this memorial service for you, and put that 217 bullet point checklist in front of them to where they're like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, we, we can't do that. The, we the
2: actual problem there is a definition. When we say direct cremation, here's what we mean. When a consumer says direct cremation, they mean something else. That's right. That's right. And we just, we just aren't there yet with them. That next stuff might talk about is where we've got to meet with them to give the good service.
0: I think Jeff's exactly right on that point. We got to change our mindset around that, that it's okay to have that conversation with the family and make sure our definitions are aligned and what our expectation is and what we're delivering. Um, So, well, fantastic, Tom, thank you so much for being our, our resident analyst coming on and giving us that, that first quarter overview. Um, I mean, any closing remarks that, that you want to leave our audience with?
2: No, I, I would just say watch, you know, I think I just came back from a, a funeral uh, fundraising event, a, a charity fundraiser. And I talked to a lot of people in the industry and I think they think right now, the employment issue and what we're going to do with employees is center mind everybody that owns or manages funeral homes. Because uh, again, if, if we reward them like they probably should be rewarded and have to raise our costs, we may end up going backwards on some of the, the revenue issues that sure. just make it tougher tougher to compete. So I would watch that going forward and see what happens. Everybody's awesome. looking for everybody's looking for staff.
0: You're right, you're right. It's uh, That was the number one problem in the Connecting Directors survey, over 30,000 funeral professionals Number one issue: uh, uh, retention of current employees and new hires. Yep. Yeah.
2: Well, you guys have a great time. Always glad to uh, talk to you guys when you need some help. All right. All Thank right. you, Tom. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Yep. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye, bye.
0: Great coverage from Tom. I mean, it's great to have him on to be able to give us that kind of overview of of the market, and I think we can learn a lot from watching the public companies. So, um, our interview segment. It's going to be powered by Legacy.com. So let's, uh, let's run Legacy's video.
3: Hi there. My name is Dan Bodie, and I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Legacy.com. Uh, I wanted to take this opportunity to speak with you today about what's going on in Legacy in 2022. And to do that, let me share my screen. So from a product perspective at Legacy, we're really mapping um, our products to the customer journey. Uh, And so what does that mean? So there's really three phases to the end of life customer journey. There's an end of life planning phase. There's an at need resource phase, which begins uh, when there's a death of a loved one. And then finally, there's a memorialization phase on the far right side of your screen. Uh, And that's that starts when the services end. Um, And as an industry, we feel like we've been too focused here. Uh, or at least the obit has been too focused here in the arrangement to services phase and we're missing a big opportunity for lasting memorialization uh, and that's what is our what our goal is for 2022 is become that destination for lasting memorialization in every community that we serve. So the first thing we're working on is the features and functionalities of our obituary product and layering on Uh, New guestbook functionality, timelines, video integration, and things like that to really build a lasting digital um, uh, uh, memory of our loved ones. Uh, The second thing that we've already launched uh, and are expanding is our community pages. Uh, These community pages enhance the life stories of the families that we serve by connecting their loved ones uh, to the affinity groups that they were associated with during their life. So for example, if your loved one uh, in their obituary had mentioned a high school or a college in their obituary, we'll add them to their respective high school or college pages. And we're going to be doing that for military, we're going to be doing that for um, hobbies, employers, and things like that. um, So people can be associated with the things they love during their life. Third, we're really uh, focused on making the obituary intake uh, for our newspaper partners, a lot smoother and a lot easier uh, to place obituaries. Finally, um, we're uh, designing a set of professional tools for funeral homes that we're calling Legacy Pro. Um, it starts with uh, Directory Services, uh, which is a Yelp-like uh, directory f- exclusively for funeral homes. Um, we're also working on our lead gen services and exclusive advertising opportunities for our funeral home uh, uh community, uh, all with the idea of maximizing exposure. So that's what we're working on in 2022. uh, And we look forward to sharing more with you uh, over the course of the year. Thanks.
0: All right, Jeff, well, you're on the road and you've got to get back to the meeting at hand. Um, You're all over the place. And we're going to be together next week at the supplier invitational right here in our hometown. Phoenix Scottsdale area. All the, all the funeral companies get to come to us, which is kind of nice. We can stay in our beds. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll definitely do some
1: live stuff, have some fun, just kind of catch up. So be looking for us out there uh,
0: playing golf in our outfits. That's
1: the big part.
0: All right. And we got, uh, we got our friends at uh, precious metals refinery. I'm going to show their video. Drew, bring it to us.
1: Hey everyone, my name is Melissa Polis and this is Drew Osberg. Hey guys. And we are with PMRS. We're thrilled to be here with you today on Funeral Nation and discuss with you one of the top questions we get while inside of crematories. That question is, how do we maximize our value?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. It seems to be popping up more and more with crematory uh, owners across the country. They really want to know how they maximize their recovery of small dental materials that are holding the value in their recycling materials that they're sending to precious metals refiners. Uh, we've really kind of spent a lot of time across the country getting to know crematory operators and observing them within their own walls. And we've really come back to find that there's a two kind of major problem points that we're seeing as kind of the common theme across the country.
1: That first one is crematory operators are relying on a magnet when they are sorting and processing. The problem with that is a magnet is not going to catch the precious metal, which is the dental material, because precious metal is not magnetic. The second item that seems to be an issue is they are not slowing down, taking their time to identify those dental materials. If it's not sticking to a magnet, they need to take a little bit more time to identify those items, collect them, and then send them into a precious metal
3: refinery. Thanks guys for having us, and uh, we look forward to uh, doing more of these with you. Cheers.
0: Okay, Jeff. Well, that wraps up episode two forty eight. You get back to business. I'm gonna see you tomorrow afternoon uh, at a hotel somewhere to to have some shake shake of the hands. That's it. Uh, we're gonna shake it, bake, buddy. Shake it, bake. All right. Until next week or ha- until next time. Have a great effing week. Out here.